Ready to dive in? Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. Every episode, we explore, expand, and evolve our understanding of the truths we encounter and experience in our human quest for clarity and exponential growth. And now welcome your hosts, Dr. Jeffrey Smith and Jim Case. Welcome to Adventures in Truth Podcast. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back to another Adventures in Truth Podcast. Thank you for joining myself and my good friend, Dr. Jeffrey Smith. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Jim. Blessings to you today, brother. And to you, my friend. This has been a a most excellent adventure. This is, I think, part four of this part of the process. This arc of of podcasts has been specifically focused um, as we're about to introduce an amazing new protocol. The framework of that we're calling the Science of Transformation from Pain to Love, and it encompasses uh, quite a lot of, of amazing concepts, but also physical shifting and actual the releasing of pain back into an energetic state so it can be released and freed from the body. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time rehashing where we've been. Um, today is a, is a big day because we're going to actually talk about the protocol. And uh, Dr. Jeff is going to walk us through what that looks like. And we want to start with where we've been starting each time is we want to start with a question. And today's question where we've been focused on on death in particular, um, today we're going to actually zero more back into where is your pain? So uh, everybody listening, I just want you to take a second, take two or three deep breaths. Um, We'll go slow here for a second to give you a chance to sort of settle in and find your center. In through the nose, out through the mouth is usually the best process in the breathing as you, as you engage the breath, filling fully into the lungs and then releasing all of the breath, all of the air as completely as possible. Part of the reason for that, when you release the air completely, it actually stimulates the vagus nerve and it stimulates the, the shift and the, and the uh, ability to shift state through the use of your breath. Take a second and hopefully while I've been talking on about this, I want you to again focus on your body now. Close your eyes if you need to and just kind of find the areas. And, and it, it can be acute pain. It can be chronic pain. It can be discomfort. It can be anything from a, a headache to tension in the shoulders to pinching in the hip to what, whatever the case may be. Um, just take a moment and just be aware of where the pain is in your body so that as Jeff goes through this, you can sort of begin to incorporate and feel your way into this process. Again, just taking that deep breath. We want to bring you into a state of, of experiential awareness so that not only are you listening to the words and you're hearing these concepts for the first time, but that as we go through the process that you can begin to experience it and, and at least get a little sense of it going through this process. So I am very excited for you all out there to get to uh, hear about this and we're going to turn it over to Dr. Jeff and here we go. Let's go. Are you ready to dive in? We are. We are ready to dive in. In where we left off in our last podcast, I had come in from outside and had taken a seat in front of 
the altar that was in this temple that I had a chance to do some plant-based medicine ceremony work. And I have never practiced sitting in a lotus position, but I was inspired to do so and was able to do that without exaggeration and without moving for at least two hour periods of time for a total of about five to six hours. And this was going from say midnight to six, 7 a.m. in the morning where normally people get more and more and more exhausted and tired. But yet the inspiration that I got from the plant-based medicine just was, it, it was just more and more and more exciting. And additionally, it also surprised me that I didn't feel the need to put any clothing back on because I was just sitting there in uh, sweatpants rolled up to my knees and that was it. You know, socks gone, t-shirt off, sweatshirt off. Uh, just really remarkable at how clear, clean, warm, and pain-free of a state that I had been in. And I was so thankful to the shaman in advance of the workshop letting us know that we should bring a notepad and pen to be able to capture uh, what, what the download was gonna be that each of us were there to seek and experience. And so what, what I got essentially was if you're going to explore plant-based medicines, you're, you're going to have, and especially on the hero's dose, uh, you're going to have your eyes open and consciousness expanded. Where, where I wanted to go and what was so important to me was that the plant-based medicine wasn't going to be a requirement in people having an opportunity to transform their pain and to get out of their pain without using traditional allopathic medicines, surgeries, chiropractic work that for the most part we would have to say is largely ineffectual. Western medicine is great at helping you heal a broken bone or put a plate in your arm, that sort of thing. It's good at kind of like the construction skeletal stuff, but it's not really good so much for rashes, uh, immune disorders, uh, all of the kind of uh, Soft stuff. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Good, good at hard, not so good at soft. Well put, Jim. Keep it simple, right? So what I was mostly looking for going into the ceremony was a way that people could transform their pain without having to use the plant-based medicines. And that's what I was given. And that's what I'm so excited to share today. I've been able to use this the following morning, so we're still, you know, the following morning now, the most of the people that have done plant-based medicines will say that the medicine takes effect for about five to six hours. Um, so now we're, we're almost 12 hours into this journey, um, and I'm still spiritually high from this, but my, my body is no longer under the influence of as much of the medicine. It does linger for up to some days afterwards, but not to the degree that it was uh, during the intense part of the journey. So again, my, my heart's desire was that this could be replicable, replicated and duplicated um, in a conscious fashion through a technique similar to all of the different yoga poses that I was going through the night before. And in particular, this what we decided to call 
the moment of death pose. So the way to do this is that you first have to do a breathing technique, much like the one that Jim just shared. In the beginning, as you're learning this, much like when you first learned to tie your shoes, you had an instructor. So here's the instruction. You're getting it from the instructor. <laughs> and at some point, we'll put this on the web. It'll be available in some kind of a package. And, and we intend to put this in a book, a workbook, do workshops, and all times, types of different ways people can get the instruction so that you can learn to do it on your own, which is what's most important to me, that there's no dependency built into this like there is going to see a chiropractor going to see an allopathic doctor, going to see a psychotherapist. There's dependencies that are created and it's a wonderful business model, but it doesn't really set people free to begin to be accountable and able to treat themselves, to heal themselves, to transform themselves, which was, again, my heart's desire and goal is that you could learn a technology, a protocol, a practice, and then instill it yourself. Uh, and encourage other people to do it, teach it. You know, the best way to learn something is to do it enough to where you can begin to dabble in teaching it. And then, man, you really get it. <laughs> it takes you to another level. So that's where we are today, is I got to dabble in it, and now we're teaching <coughs> it. So step one is the mindset that you're in to have this experience. From the little bit that we've done up to this point, I believe it's important to start out in a private setting to where this in a way is almost like going to the bathroom wherein most of us do that in private. And the reason for the privacy is you're going to be taking your mind and your body to places you haven't gone before. I believe the vast majority of people on the planet have never struck a near death or moment of death pose. The only people who have done that are actors. And they do it so well that they get paid to do it. They've learned how to act it out so that it's believable and that they're feeling it in such a way that it's convincing us that they're having that experience. Because that's what we're trying to recreate is whether, again, you've had it yourself and maybe didn't die, but almost did, with, you know, a significant trauma. You've seen it on TV or in a movie, you read about it in a book. Or perhaps this is a lingering energy that has followed you from a past life into this life in some kind of connection to your soul spirit. And to me, we're, we're not trying to prove that model. I'm just saying that these pains that we have in our body, these manifestations of pain in our body that come from fear, this is how they show up. Yeah. And what we're doing is trying to reverse the process. That's what the protocol is doing. It's reversing the process taking it from the pain that you can feel and sense in your body back into a metaphysical state of fear. And then we're going to transfer that fear over to love. We're going to switch the signal. And we do that through conforming it, identifying it as a belief system, the metaphysical, it's a belief system. There's a distortion of truth at play here. We call those lies. And we're going to replace that with the truth. And then once it's in the truth, that then becomes the energy of love. So we're taking it out of literally the frequency. I mean, we're talking science here. We literally could use scientific instruments to measure the frequency of fear and, and see that 
transfer into love at a different frequency. It'd be like striking a different key on a piano or strumming a different chord on a guitar. You'll feel that in your body. You will undoubtedly, if you're open to this, if you're willing to have this experience, you will feel the frequency change. You will feel the energy change inside of you. So yeah, it'd be cool to have the scientific instrumentations to measure this. And maybe at some point we will for the doubting Thomases in the world and the science people that would say nay or whatever, we'll get there. But right now, the people listening to this that would be willing to try this don't need the scientific equipment because you have yourself. We are, we are a biological piece of technology. Mm-hmm. So the set and setting are important with regard to getting into the mindset and giving yourself the space and the freedom to do something that you've never done before. So I'm gonna put my glasses on, I'm gonna start reading through the protocol that I got by sitting there for two hours at a time in chunks. And I wrote all this down in seven pages of you know single line spacing as, as it just keeps coming and it keeps coming as I got to review what I went through and then put together a format and how this comes out. So, what I've written so far is the moment of death pose, that pain is, sens- is a sensation that's being stored in the body in some form from traumatic experiences, whether they're real, imagined, whether they were yourself experienced it, whether it was somebody else that experienced it, and whether it was now in this life or then at another time in another life, perhaps. But this pain the pain actually serves us. And this was what was so cool to me about this experience that most of us see pain as a bad thing. I got to see it as a good thing. And you're like, wait a minute, how, how can pain possibly be a good thing? Because it gets your attention. It gets your attention to the point you can't not be aware of it. And if you try to just not be aware of it by taking Vicodin, Valium, Dilaudid, Percocet, I know all those. I got to experience all those a couple of years ago. All that does is mm-hmm. just take it away for a little while, but it comes right back. <laughs> so if we can go, oh, I'm in pain right now. There's some tension. There's some duress. There's some strain, some ache, some pain. It's a joint, uh, an inflammation, uh, a laceration, a bruise, what, whatever it is. That's there to remind you for our need to clear it and our need to be aware of the fear that created it, which is is what this process is all about. Jeff, can you take a second here and and just talk a little bit about pain? Because uh, what what goes through my head is that um, I know for me personally, um, my pain threshold is, is very different than most people I know. And I don't, I don't identify pain. Uh, like it has to be like almost off the meter before I'll, before I'll be able to recognize that I'm, oh, oh that's what pain is. Oh, okay. Um, so there's emotional, mental distress, discomfort, which is a form of pain. I just would, would like you to talk a little bit about that pain isn't just, I broke my arm and I'm screaming. It's, they're, they're, they're by degrees and, and everyone has a different experience of pain and our thresholds for that are all also uniquely individual. 
Right. And um, you're doing a, you did a great job of explaining it, so I don't think I need to. Okay. <laughs> but but I, love, I love that you're wanting to push a little further into this and also look at the different categories of it. What, where I'm going with this is if you just, if you're laying down and you're breathing and you have your eyes closed, you will notice some part of your body is going to be talking to you in a form of uh, a toe ache. You, you could have a, a little signal coming from a hair follicle that is turned into a pimple. I mean, it, it could be little tiny things or it could be huge things. But as you begin to practice this technology, you're going to tune into your body more so that you can see that pain is simply a telephone call from your subconscious unconscious mind going, hello, hello, you have some fear to transform today. <laughs> hello, ring, 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 ring. I'm not gonna answer that. Ring, 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 ring. I'm not answering that. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> okay, you get it, right? That's, that's what pain is. Hello, you have some work to do. <laughs> oh, you don't want to do it this year? Okay. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> it's not going away. And to the degree that we avoid it or ignore it, it will then become chronic pain. It'll take on a whole nother ring, ring, ring. And then you're going to be ring, 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 doctor appointment after doctor appointment, chasing this thing around. You'll try all the different ointments, salves, elixirs, snake oil, chiropractic. You'll try it all, and it will still be there. It'll still be moving around, as well as new stuff that shows up. So anyway, thank you for asking me to go further into how people yeah. might experience their pain. Good. This could also be in the form of a headache. Could be in the form of a heartache. You know, pain shows up in a whole variety of different ways. But if we could now begin to look at it as simply a telephone call, a memo, a text from the subconscious, unconscious mind that we have unresolved fear that has now uh, wanting to get our attention so that we can deal with it. And the reason is that it's limiting us. When you are in pain, you're not playing your best game, period. Think about a professional athlete that is in pain. They're not playing their best game. Mm -hmm. And we as human beings are on this planet really to be playing our best game yeah. and to encourage others to play our best game too. We can't do that when we're in pain. So you, you show me a person who's not in pain and I'll say that they're avoiding it, escaping it in some way, not paying attention to it or lying to themselves about it because we're here to really become vessels and beings of light and love. And we cannot do that if we're not having a daily practice. If you can conceptualize yourself as being a fear sponge, we're doing this daily. So even if you did a great job of wringing out the sponge yesterday, if you just leave a sponge near the seashore, there's moisture in the air and it's going to absorb it and it's damp again. And if you look at that as fear, it's like we got to constantly wring it out and trans it back in to the loving light that we can be. So we're either going to absorb love or we're going to absorb fear. One or the other. Which one do we want to do? So in order to release the pain, we have to discover the fear that created it and transform it from its physical expression back into its metaphysical expression and then let it go 
by converting the fear into love. The false evidence that appears real back into truth. That's, that's another way of saying the same thing. And that truth is the same thing as love. It's one of the ways you could describe love. So step one, again, was to create this space that you can operate in. 10, 15 minutes, if you can start with that, would be enough to just dabble in it. Again, if you want to learn to play the piano well, you know that 10 to 15 minutes a week isn't going to get you there. So you'll only be able to play as much as you perform the maintenance that's required to do this. But if you were just starting out in a quiet space, say your bedroom somewhere, your living room, someplace that you had privacy and quiet, you do some breathing techniques like Jim suggested earlier. You lay down, close your eyes, and you just notice your if discomfort shows up in your body anywhere any tension anywhere, any headache, any stomach ache, any muscle ache, any strain, any stress, any level of discontent anywhere, emotional, spiritual, mental, physical, just note, where is it? And then pick one. There'll probably be several. It's, it's really not hard. It, it, you'll be surprised. You will be amazingly surprised at how much you're carrying around. So focus, pick one and focus your attention on it. Then isolate it. And what I mean by isolate it is really in your mind, put your whole energy on, let's say it's the right knee. I just picked a random one. Or the muscles around your knee. So then I want you to lay down and then start to move. Roll over on one side, roll over on the other side, lift your leg up a little bit, straighten it out a little bit, tighten the muscles around it, release the muscles around it. But that's, that's the isolation step. And you're just noting whatever you're doing, it will hurt a little bit more or it'll hurt a, bit, a little bit less, but you're already in pain. And if you trust me to hurt yourself a little bit more, and I'm not talking about if you have a pulled muscle, pull it even more. I'm really not talking about that. I'm talking about a level that you can manage all of this and you know that you're not going to increase physical injury. But you're going to find out that the purpose of the physical injury to begin with is showing up in your life because there's some level of fear. And there's been so many books written about this. Uh, Dr. James Sarno writes, if you're walking down the sidewalk and you slip and fall on a banana peel and you break your arm, it wasn't because the banana peel was there. It's because there's some level in fear of your life and the universe organized you walking on that sidewalk and slipping on that banana that day and breaking your arm to get your freaking attention that you've got fear in your life at some level that you're not dealing with, and now you gotta stop and deal with it. Mm -hmm. That's what my whole motorcycle incident was about three years ago that put me in the hospital for 30 straight days and 12 surgeries and two to follow is I had to stop my life and completely reevaluate how I was living it and what I was doing and why I had all these fears about if I don't, if I'm not a race car guy anymore, if I'm not this big adventure thrill seeker guy anymore, who am I and what am I and blah, 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 blah. So I love that that happened to me. <laughs> yes, I do. Because it gave me a chance to really stop and reevaluate. And that's what pain is. That's what pain is at its best. So now we're at a place where we've isolated this pain. And you've moved around and you're now getting to recognize, oh, if I hold my, if I roll over on my right side and I do my leg in just this exact position, I really feel it a lot more. <clears throat> so what I wrote there is begin to explore different body positions 
to accentuate and accelerate and excite the pain. Find the best position to really bring it out and make it stand out forefront in your mind. Like, wow, normally if I'm not isolating it and paying attention to it, it's at a three and right now it's at like an eight. You're on the right track if you're able to do that. And it's only gonna be momentary, I promise. But then really stretch into it and make it more intense by contracting the muscles around it. So now you've, you've isolated, it's like, okay, if I make my hand go like this, I've isolated it. Now I want you to flex it. I want you to flex it and then contract. Okay, in the flex, it hurts even more. So I'm gonna flex as hard as I can to hold that, to hold that. And imagine, imagine that, remember, we're doing a moment of death pose. So the idea is that that area of your body has something to do with the level of energy that would be stored in your body commiserate with a death experience, a culmination of a death experience. So imagine if we, again, we were talking about the knee. Imagine that a huge boulder got dropped on your knee and literally crushed your leg and it got infected and you died. But the striking incident was the part that your body remembered in your soul spirit energy and your energy signature that intense experience, and imagine, say, a 400-pound rock crashing on your knee, and what your body would do would go, right? I mean, you would, and, and your perineum, the part of your body near the anus that you contract to hold your urine in, we all do that. We all instantly stop breathing, and we instantly pucker up. That's what we call it. So if you take a breath in, so you remember you're in this pose, you've isolated it, you've got it constricted. You take a breath in to amplify it even more because that's what we do right before we get hurt. We all go, <gasps> we all do that instinctively. You've got the perineum all constricted up and you're holding it for as long as you can. Like I, I gotta breathe at some point, I gotta breathe, I gotta breathe. And then you go, <sighs> and you let it out. And right there in that moment of it's so intense, it feels like it's going to kill you. All you're doing is rehearsing or re, yeah, you're here recreating the incident. And you don't have to get into the, I had the experience. Again, you don't, it doesn't matter. It's in your body. And whether you experienced it or someone else experienced it, or even if you're just imagining it, the release is what we're after. And the fear of however your mind configured the big boulder dropping on your leg, it could have been a house. It could have been, could have been who knows what it could have been, but there's a fear of death involved in this incident that is being stored in your leg. And that's what our last four podcasts have been about, is that we're storing the fear of death in our body that shows up and manifests itself as pain. So let me catch up to my notes. All right, so we have stretched into it, made it more intense by contracting your muscles around it. We've expanded our breath. We breathe in and out to stretch and get it even more intense. We contract the chest, we hold the breath. We're contracting the perineum at the same time. 
we clench down on it. We get this idea that I'm really recreating just like an actor and be, you have to be an Emmy award-winning actor and you're going to draw in your last breath as if it was your last breath and really get into it. So now you can kind of see why I think it's important you do this in private. If you had your family members watching, they'd wonder uh, what happened, you know, what's going on here. So give yourself the freedom to do this in privacy so you can really be an award-winning, you know, actor or actress in this thing. Okay, so you're recreating a death pose. So imagine what you would look like if that really struck you to the point that it was lethal. And, and now you're, you have a mortal wound, you're mortally wounded, that you would be, you would find a place and like the next step here is to, as you've done that once and you let it out, I want you to do it again, but this time we're gonna add the head and neck to it. And you'll find that if you go through that whole process again, if you isolate it, you intensify it, get the muscles all constricted, you do the breath, you do the perineum. The way we're gonna do this time is find the place with your head. You'll just notice that it will hurt more if my head is this way, even though it's my knee. You'll notice that if you move your head this way, it hurts less. If you move your head this way, it hurts more. For some reason, it's all connected. And then, so you find the place with getting the head positioned like you know you're looking this way somebody was watching this happen like you're communicating to them oh the boulder just ah, on my leg and then you open your mouth like you're screaming bloody murder that's you're you're recreating the whole thing so don't don't sell yourself short on this please pretend you're like in an acting class and you're trying to find a way to express this pain into a mortal wound, like you were mortally wounded. You're recreating that. And then you're breathing it out and you're letting it go. So what that would sound like in the written form is the next part is moving your head and neck around, then open your mouth wildly as you imagine a silent scream at the moment of your death. Extend your tongue and really reenact the scene to its finest. Make it an Academy Award winning performance. You are simulating or reenacting a death scene you have had, and it is likely from a past life or one you've seen in, in this life or a movie, even if it's a scene from a book or a movie or a TV show or something you saw on the internet. You're reenacting that. Your mind, your subconscious mind saw it and it's being stored in the body. So let me, let me interject a, a, a question slash feedback. Um, so if I'm understanding this correctly, um, I'm going to, uh, I'll, be on, I'll be on the ground that I've identified the, a particular pain in my body. And I'm aware that confronting pain is not my strong suit. So I'm going to be a little uncomfortable. Um, as I'm, as I'm trying to find this, but anyway, so my, my, my knee is where I'm choosing to focus. So I'm directing my focus and my breath and my energy into my knee and I'm, and I'm, I'm moving my body on the floor, looking for the place that, that helps to enhance the pain essentially. Um, and then once I find that place, then I'm going to use the relative, uh, another part of the body, which my head at this point and, and kind of looking for, but the thing that I, and, and, and so that I'm understanding is that 
the death pose itself is by virtue of focusing on the pain in the knee, let that tell a story in your body of creative process. It doesn't have to be anything. There's no real or unreal. It is just, I'm focused in this pain. I'm breathing in this pain. I'm engaging my body and I'm letting it tell the story. Even if I don't know what the story is, I'm just letting it go. And I'm feeling that coursing through me and I'm letting it come out however it does. But what I'm ending in is a death pose of that pain. Is that what I'm understanding? Absolutely. Okay, it's good. as if the universe took a snapshot of what you were experiencing in that lethal event. Okay. Uh, yesterday, I sent you a couple of pictures of the people in Pompeii for when Mount Vesuvius erupted. Yes. How the gases and the lava encased them. And, and they're, they're, they're in these poses. That would be the moment of death pose that we're trying to recreate. Awesome. Good. Just wanted to make sure I was dialed in on the, the especially the piece that the story of the, the pose is going to come through you as a part of, of, of focusing on that particular pain, because the death pose in my elbow is probably going to be very different than the death pose in my knee. Is that true? Say that again. The death pose that I'm going to strike in my knee is probably going to be different than the death pose I strike for my elbow. Oh, yes, of course. Good. They were two, two completely different events. Great. Yeah. yeah. And what you'll find is all of a sudden, all these connections in the mind will start to be formed because you won't know why. Why does it hurt so much more when I go, then because that's the one you were in, the other one you're making up, that's the one you were in. You'll find it. If you play with this, you will find. <laughs> and, and here's the part that's so interesting to me. Once you find it, it's like the connection goes, Kink, like this, and you'll get a flash, vision, thought, idea, sound, smell. In some way, there'll be some sensory flash that will come to you, and you'll see it in your mind. And that would be very much like a lot of the past life trauma work that I do, where people see themselves in these past lives. You'll have a little instant flash. Please just be open to it. There's nothing to prove here. There's nothing to disprove here. I just encourage people to be open and just notice what shows up for you and be willing to see whatever it is. Even if it's a pack of lions ripping you apart, you're going to be okay. It's, it's just a little vision. It's, you're not going to go back into that past life and re-experience it. Right. It's over. But that's the fear that we have layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. We've had a lot of these experiences. I think all of us have been burned. I think all of us have been eaten. I think all of us have drowned. And that's why we pay attention to all of these things. <laughs> because it's like, oh, is it going to happen again? There are little triggers all around us. All of these things that we would say, oh, I would never want to experience that. I kind of think we have. <laughs> and, and we're actually experts at it. And yeah. we carry the signature, the energy signature around with us. So I want to read something here. Our consciousness does not reside within the human brain. It is created and it resides in a field outside of us and yet around us through an electromagnetic frequency created from the heart. And we can, I can get into all the science behind that, but I won't right now. But that's a thing. If you're interested, read the book Heart Math and it'll explain all that. 
uh, plant-based medicines allow us to connect into these frequencies, tune into these frequencies, and experience these frequencies in a way that regular consciousness has a limited value or almost like a restrictor valve preventing it. Once we know how, we have seen uh, the way to tune into through the plant-based medicines, we can do it on our own without the medicine. It's an awakening or a discovery that can then be accessed. And that's what we're really doing here is we're recreating this and you're getting guidance and instruction right now from a teacher or an instructor, or a facilitator. But as you practice it, you're going to be able to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. And again, that whole field thing, I mean, that's, that's a whole, the science of noetics, the whole field, the field, uh, the science of the field, that's a thing. So let's not try to debate whether it is a thing or it's not a thing. It is a thing. So just go with it, if you will. And that's where the information is being held. That's why the vision will come. The incident will come. So let's go through this again. You cannot do this just one time. So the first time is find the position. Then you're going to intensify the position to where you cannot hold it any longer and you vigorously release it with uh, something like this. <sighs> just the way that intense breathing workshops tell you to breathe, breathe it all the way out. Release the perineum. If you don't constrict or contract the perineum and release that, you won't have the energetic flow that just floods right out the bottom of the chakra system. That's really important to do that. So you're saying squeeze your butthole, right? Thank you. Yeah, just, just yes. Okay. <laughs> Pucker up, right? Pucker up. <laughs> oh, yes. <clears throat> so you're going to be doing this a couple of times to get to the vision part of it. And it will, you may get it the very first time if you don't keep working at it until the vision be, gets there. You have some idea of how this happened. You may remember being five years old and watching, I just had this one flash in my mind. Uh, me, five years old, my mom thinks it's a good idea to take me to see Gone with the Wind because she wanted to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so I will have indelibly, indelibly on my mind the scene in that movie where somebody was getting their leg amputated and they were cutting the guy's leg off with a crosscut saw. And I remember the guy yelling and screaming. So it's easy for me to see that in my mind, even though it didn't happen to me my mind took that energy signature and stuck that. And I have had leg injuries that I believe that's where that fear is stuck in my mind. The fear of what? The fear of being uh, non-ambulatory, the fear of not being able to get around, move around, the fear of getting infection and dying. All of these things just sit in the subconscious, unconscious mind. We don't even know they're there, but they are. And it shows up that way. And if people go have a knee replacement, it's not going to help. It's not going to fix that. Anyway, that's off on a different subject. So would it, would it be uh, uh, fair to say that the vision piece is somewhat integral because it is the indication that the release has occurred? The vision won't show if the release has not occurred. Sure. Okay. So we're getting really close to understanding the fear piece now. And the transformation step is just right next to it. So if you create the vision, you're having the vision experience. And sometimes I've heard people smell it. 
I smelled burning flesh. Well, darn it, that's pretty darn close. Yep. All right, that's good enough. You've, you've made a connection somehow. Yes. So at the point where you have done this enough times now, say you're two or three times into this, at this point when you open your eyes by vigorously exhaling and releasing the perineum, you then realize, oh, I'm actually in my bedroom. It's the year 2020. I'm okay. I'm doing this very interesting new technology that Dr. Smith and Jim are sharing with me. I'm actually okay. I'm safe. I'm here. I'm just, it's kind of like doing a really intense, maybe hot yoga exercise times five. That's all I'm doing. And so you have the realization that I'm actually safe and that I'm okay. And that we have a built-in mechanism of at times why we are afraid. There, there is a positive reason to be afraid of danger, but not to something that isn't dangerous. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a whole lesson we've done many, many, many times in our podcasts. We've talked about danger's real, fear isn't. But we've been in danger. We have been mortally wounded. We have died many, many times. But this is the process of not only dying in your mind and reconciling it, it's also the rebirth process mm -hmm. and realizing that there really isn't anything to be afraid of by dying. Yeah, it's intense. Oh, it's really intense, but it's not horrific. It's not outrageously terrible. Yeah. If it was, you couldn't do it 20, 20 times in one night on a hero's dose of mushrooms and survive it. You couldn't. <laughs> and you couldn't do it another 10 times the next morning, which I did, off of the influence of the plant-based medicines so that I could know that my guides and guardian angels gave me something that did not require the influence of the plant-based medicines to be able to utilize as a healing agent, as a healing tool. So I 20 times during the night, another 10 times in the morning to just know that, okay, this is real. And now sharing it with close friends, sharing it in my practice with my patients. So I got, I'm now confident enough that even though I don't know that anybody else on the planet is doing this, I'm willing to put my professional reputation behind this trauma therapy, this form of trauma therapy, to say that it will provide you tremendous release and relief and healing in your body by transforming the pain back into fear, moving it over to love. Let's get to the love part. Okay, so you've opened your eyes, you see the lions eating your leg, you see the Roman centurion running a spear through your body, you see the chariot running over your back, you see the guy up on the cliff that pushed the boulder off that landed on your leg, you see the lover that stuck a musket in your chest cavity and pulled the trigger, you've, you've seen all of these things and you've experienced all of these things. The love part is forgiving the person who did that. We're clearing unforgiveness. We've been holding on to unforgiveness. And the only point of unforgiveness is that it keeps us away from the person who did it. It doesn't reconcile it. It's actually like a line of defense. Forgiveness is, okay, I forgive you for doing that, and now we're in relationship again. But if, if you're a dangerous person, it's not a good idea to be in relationship with you. Unforgiveness keeps me over here because you're dangerous to me. So if we're actually going to forgive, that means that danger is no longer present in my life. 
well, we don't have people running around with spears any longer. And we don't have people with swords or muskets and lions don't run around eating us any longer. So all that stuff can literally be forgiven. I think it would be also important to recognize in the forgiveness process, because um, you specifically said person, um, that uh, two significant persons that need to be that maybe need to be addressed for the guy that had the boulder that fell on him, um, maybe blaming self or maybe blaming God. Absolutely, Jim. Um, and, and to Keep make going sure with that. to understand that that it's not always about a specific person, in the sense that there wasn't somebody doing it to you, but you may have judged yourself or God or something in addition. So that's Keep going, that. Man. That's yeah, important. No, no, no. And then that forgiveness piece is, is huge because um, you can be blaming yourself for being there at that time, you know, or whatever the case may be, or blaming God because your life was so horrible and now you're dead or whatever the case, you know, um, to, to take that forgiveness seriously. Um, but to, to take it really where it should be focused because, and sure. you'll see that in your vision. So. Yeah. You know, what just came to me was one of the statements Jesus made prior to his life being extinguished was, didn't he say something along the lines of forgive them father for they know not what they do. Yes. Something like that. Yes. So we could have and do have people in our life that somehow show up as a nemesis, a monster, a frenemy, an enemy, and they don't even really know why they're doing it, but we have those people in our lives so that we can practice forgiveness. And we're doing that on a minor scale in comparison to what I'm talking about right now, which yeah. would be the grandest scale because it involved death. It involved murder. It involved betrayal. It involved scandal. It involved all of the things you could put at the top of the lists of ways that terminated or ended that particular journey in that lifetime. Yeah. So huge, huge, huge step. And I have a hunch that in the coming months, uh, Jim and I are going to be able to add a lot more to this part of it because mm -hmm. it's part and parcel. It's, it's so important that we remember we're working toward getting to love and the transformation from fear, which is a belief system. Like, again, like they're not safe. I won't fit in. I won't be understood. Uh, I'm not acceptable. There's something wrong with me. I'll never be good enough. I mean, those are all belief systems that we adopt because we've, we've been rejected. We've been betrayed. We've, we've been deceived. We, we've had all these incredible experiences and sometimes we might've even done it to ourselves. So the forgiveness piece is one of those moments upon opening your eyes and you're releasing all of this and you lay down in the corpse pose, if you're on your back doing all of this, remember this whole example started with you're laying down and you're just moving left and you're moving right and you're noticing where pain shows up in your body. And then I chose the knee, for example. So imagine you've constricted, you've released, you've found your head and neck position, you've opened your mouth, you've stuck out your tongue, you really reenacted, you got to really know how it all felt and connects together so you could truly know that you're doing the moment of death pose, your moment of death. It's your moment of death pose. That your subconscious, unconscious mind, even though it might have been somebody else's you saw, the subconscious, unconscious mind does not differentiate between me and you. Yeah. We're all one in that way. It's only the ego that 
does duality and sees you and me as being separate. So it really is your moment of death pose. So you see that, you're accentuating it, you've released it all, you saw the vision. Now in your mind, as you're in the corpse pose, just breathing again, relaxing again, you'll notice that you'll get warm. You might even start sweating a little bit. In that moment, you are now forgiving the organization, the institution, the family, the tribe, the pride of lions, whatever it was that was involved in your mortal experience, you're now forgiving it. And you can forgive it. You can effectively forgive it because it cannot happen again. Mm -hmm. It cannot happen again. The things that will come to you is your you got to trust that the things that are going to show up, your subconscious, unconscious mind knows what needs to be healed now. You could say, well, somebody could shoot me again. Okay, but your body won't be telling you to work on that one yet. Right. <laughs> let's, work on the, let's work on the ones with uh, saber-toothed lions, and let's work on the ones with wooden ships, and the ones with spears, and you know, times where wolf packs existed, and we built log cabins, and we traveled in, you know, uh, we were in danger a lot. There were times in human history where human beings have been exposed to true dangers a lot more than we are today. Let's deal with those ones first, and then we'll get to the more current possibilities of someone could betray me again or poison me or shoot me in the back with a gun or that sort of thing. We'll, we'll get to those later, but just start, start, with, let's start with the ancient ones that the body's been carrying around a long time. And my conjecture is that the parts of our body that hurt the most are the ones that we need to deal with the most. Just kind of makes common sense, right? It's the oldest energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. I love the way you just put that. And you may find that you do one because I think earlier you were talking about the pain in the knee may not be the same pose as the pain in the elbow. Correct. But you may find that the pain in the elbow, once you strike it, all of a sudden your knee hurts again. And it's like, oh, you've been storing it in both places. Or the elbow is simply a reminder to tell you that you're not done with the knee. Hmm. And, and, and again, this is new enough to me that we're going to have to gather more data and do some really awesome research to understand perhaps one part of the body could store 20 lifetimes of mortal experiences. And your body, that just may be the part of your body that gets elected to like, hey, you're, yeah. you're the pain part. You're the pain, you know. I think Eckhart Tolle talks about the light body and the pain body. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm not an expert on his work, but I know that that's a thing that, you know, he's a fairly well-respected uh, spiritual guide and mentor. And he talks a lot about that. Can, can, I, I, uh, can yeah. I talk a minute just about the forgiveness piece? Thank you. Um, um, so I want to ask a question of the audience and of, of you is that, have you ever had the experience um, where you, outside of the scope of this particular process, but there, you know, we, I think we've all encountered a point where we had a breakthrough or we had a release of some powerful, uh, uh, maybe, maybe you were doing the processing the mom and dad thing and the anger process and getting all that out and you actually get it. And there's a moment where that release occurs and, and that energy releases. Um, in my experience, why when the energy releases it takes everything with it what i mean is it takes all the story it takes all the energy all the emotion all the thought that literally when you're done it's gone it's not just it's not better it's gone 
The forgiveness process and the significance of the forgiveness process is that it keeps the channel open for the energy to completely leave. It's just a way of me saying, I'm surrendering this and I'm surrendering anything attached to it in my conscious willingness to let this energy go. Yep. Um, because there's been a lot in the metaphysical community and the spiritual community about forgiveness and, and we don't want to turn it into some maudlin weird forgiveness thing. This is, this is just a clarity of I'm having this, I have this vision of what occurred and I am in agreement that I am releasing by forgiving, forgiving and releasing, forgiving and letting go. Um, so that a little different context for the forgiveness, not necessarily, uh, that, you know, um, what we've come to think of forgiveness. It's, it isn't. It well, yeah. Isn't. The way I was taught about forgiveness in the church is that the forgiveness is for the other person, that if you're real, a real spiritual giant, and if you're walking in Jesus path, that, you know, you, you would just be the better person by realizing mm. that that was the best they were doing or whatever. And it's just a good thing to forgive them. Well, I think what we're talking about today is, well, that's all well and good. Mm. However, the forgiveness is actually for the person holding on to the unforgiveness. It's for us because it's an energy that we're, it's like a little piece of poison yeah. and we're getting the poison out. And again, it serves the purpose by keeping us distant from the person that hurt us. It kind of makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. Yep. I'd love it if, more people could start presenting it that way. So we could all, you know, be realizing I, I don't need to carry that poison around. I'm only, they were saving it for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's this another, is our, this is our water to carry. <laughs> yeah, it is. So if you could, if this all is fits into the sequence of events that we're taking the pain, we're transforming it, metaphysically out of the physical into the metaphysical into fear seeing what happened and there's going to be some belief system that went along with this and usually it's just the whole i'm afraid to die thing i'm just really afraid to die so then by opening your eyes and you realize you're in this life and you're not still in the other life that you just had a little flash thought of and if you say you do four or five of these in one practice and you do four or five another day, a couple days later, and do four or five more, you'll realize, oh my gosh, I've actually done this a bunch. And it's kind of entertaining. And yeah, it's really intense. And, and oh, by the way, dear listeners, you, if you do this correctly, you will be sore a couple days later. So if you're not sore a couple days later, you really didn't do it enough. Because you're going to be stretching something that hasn't, that's been constricted for a long time. So imagine my muscles have been like this for a long time and this process I'm doing either does it even more or you're completely releasing it. That muscle doesn't know how to be like this and it's not going to stay like that. It's going to go back to this again. And so it does over time take a practice to where you can let it free itself up again and, and you will be sore. That's one of the byproducts of, of doing this. Jeff, would you, would you, I can't remember the phrase, the way you said it. Um, because I think it's a great contrast here about um, if you're not transforming your pain, you're transferring your pain, right? Is that what it was? Transmitting. Yeah. Transmitting. Okay. Can you, can you just take a second with that? Cause well, it's, sure. I think it's an important juxtaposition and understanding why the transformation is so important. Yeah. So 
we don't know what to do with our pain. <clears throat> so we go see a doctor. And honestly, the doctor doesn't know what to do with it either. So they say, take this pill. Yeah. Well, they're in pain too. It's, it's hilarious. You know, back in the 50s, you, I'm told you could go to a doctor and they'd be out on a smoke break. You know, right. so it's like, why is that doctor smoking? You know, it's like, <laughs> stuff gives you cancer. Don't you know that? <laughs> anyway, so we generally play this role of perpetrator and victim. And when we transmit our pain, we play the role of the perpetrator and then we victimize somebody else by being mean to them. That's all we're doing is we're in a negative state and negative begets negative. Generally negative doesn't beget positive, right? So what we're trying to do is step out of that sacred dance of I'm in pain, so I want you to hurt. I hurt, so I want you to hurt. <laughs> so we do this. We've been doing this, it's what we do. Or this organization is hurting, so it wants to hurt another organization. You know, that's just what we do. So that's what we're wanting to stop transmitting. Beautiful. Got to change the frequency. Otherwise, we're just going to keep broadcasting that frequency, right? Yeah. So is it important with the, um, I, I was wondering with the um, initial, because you were saying lay down uh, to initially find the pain in your body. Do you have to be in a laying position? Can you be in a sitting position? Can oh, you be? Yeah, you can do this standing, sitting laying and uh is, is we, there is there a benefit to starting laying as far as focusing or does it not matter if your focus is good i would recommend laying first because you will be shocked when you see what shows up and if you're already laying down you don't have far to fall <laughs> yeah exactly. surprised or shocked and it's very intense so if you're already on your back and you have your hands at your side it's a very relaxed state to be in. You're holding on to this so much, the intensity of it is at that level to where it, it's, it's exhausting. You're mm -hmm. literally exhausting yourself because you've died. You recreated a mortal experience in one of your lives or this life <laughs> by watching so much Netflix or whatever <laughs> and all the deaths you've seen that that part of our mind holds all that. We're creating a new paradigm called redeathing. Instead of rebirthing, we're redeathing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, um, would you share as a, a because where you ended this uh, was a perfect place, if you're willing to share what you shared with me about what happened today, um, that the pains that you were re-encountering and and how you addressed them. Yes, I would love to do that. However, there's one more step. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We'll come back to that. <laughs> so. We've done the forgiving part, and the major point in the forgiving is that I don't need to carry this around with me any longer, and there's no point in carrying it around with me any longer because I'm not in danger. Fear isn't real. It's false evidence appearing real, and we're in that energy a lot until one day we go, wait a minute, I'm, there, is, there is actually no danger around me including the danger that I might feel of dying. That's not a danger either. And you get to experience that through all of these, what Jim called re-dying experiences, because you realize it, it's intense, but it's not awful. 
Right. It's not horrible. It is not terrifying. It's not. And you might even find after a while you giggle through it. At, at, again, at, I'm at the point where it's, it's just wildly entertaining now to me to see what comes and the different ways that I can get into it. So it's the, the final piece of all of this is called the forgetting stage. You, again, so you've forgiven both yourself, the other, the institution, whoever was involved. And now because you've forgiven, you can literally forget that you need to hold on to this any longer. That's part of it. But you can also forget that there's any reason to be concerned about the fear of dying. There is no fear in death. We do it when we fall asleep at night. You go become all these different characters and have all these different experiences in your dreams. And then as you're waking up in the morning, your mind is starting to recreate. Oh, yeah, I'm doing Jeff's life. I'm doing Jim's life. I'm doing Pam's life. You remember all the details. And so we literally die and wake up and get reborn every morning. And that's really all there is to the death experience. So we can forget that there's pain, agony, sorrow, tragedy, and death. We can forget all that. It's pointless to stay in that energy. It keeps us small. It keeps us limited. Yes. It keeps us from living our dreams. It, it Literally, it's a restrictor plate that we're taking off that restrictor plate. Yeah, it really does. It really does restrict your ability to embrace life. Um, because if death is, is an integral and uh, essential part of the, of the life process um, it, with everything, everything on the planet goes through it. And, and so it's, you know, to, to come to terms with, and not even come to terms, to get on good terms with, it's not about you run around going, bring it on, death, I'm ready for you. And, you know, maybe you go through a phase of that. But ultimately, it's just, it's an embracing of, it's a, it's a natural, natural, I want to say it again, it's a natural part of the human experience. We, nobody gets out alive in the physical body. So why even spend an ounce of time being concerned about it? Um, unless you're fussing over how it happens. So this process is about finding that space of, I have nothing to fear. I can, I can create the world that I want to create. I can create the life I want to create and, and embrace it all. And that's, that's an, an incredible place to be. Yeah. There's a scripture that comes to mind. I can't quote chapter and verse, but it says something along the lines of, weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice with regard to the news that someone you know or are aware of has died. So there are groups of people who will see that that's a sad experience and they're crying about it. And there are people who are rejoicing going, hey, they graduated, they're done. They've finished what they were here to do and they're on to their next gig. And it's something to celebrate. And I would say that those are probably two different philosophies and two different levels of enlightenment or awareness as Absolutely. to one would cry and be sad and the other one would be joyous and celebrating. Yes. One is attached and one is unattached. I love it. Thank you. Great. Yeah. So you were, uh, the forgetting piece. Um, I did not get that piece until the following morning in terms of the, what it was called. I got the sequence and I went through it, but to formally name it, happened in the shaman getting us all back together again the next morning and we got to share our individual experiences and then we got to talk about how 
our card that we drew the night before fit into our experience. And she reminded me that my card was forgetting. Mm -hmm. And it was just like all of a sudden, just like tears just formed in my eyes. It's like, how is that freaking possible that all of this fit together just so perfectly? And that that was something that I was like the 13th person, 12th person that pulled a card. So any of those other people could have pulled that particular card before I did. Yeah. And it was just almost like, no, no, that one's yours. That, that one right there is yours. And <clears throat> don't want to make too much of that. But for <laughs> me, it was a, a profound part of the whole experience. Yeah. And something that, that I think is of, of great value here as we, as we kind of encompass this is, is recognizing the, uh, the deeply personal nature of everything that you've discussed and, and that, that we both discussed in our various experiences. But as you've relayed this, um, you know, remarkable process of going through the, 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 the plant medicine, that um, those kind of details are significant because they're significant to me. They're significant to my experience. And I, I say, I talk about this a lot outside of this because when I have, when, whenever I have a, a moment of clarity or a moment of, of deep understanding or I get a download, it happens in a way that is deeply personal. Um, and, and the satisfaction and the, the joy and the, the expression of it is, is, is there because it's so deeply personal and deeply satisfying of stuff that I don't even necessarily know I understand about who I am in the, in the biggest part of the, myself. But what I know is that that it is that, uh, you know, uh, without without exception, right? Um, and and that's when you know how the that's when you know how real the process is, because you're not being I'm not being satisfied through this process because it's something Jeff did or discovered and now I get to do it. I'm satisfied because the result has changed me at a cellular level. It's changed me at an energetic level in ways that um, only I internally can grasp of my own experience. And we can share it. We can talk about it. And it's awesome. And people go, wow, that's pretty cool. But it's not the same cool because it's, it's, it's sort of like an anomaly, but it's not because it happens all the time <laughs> once you begin to allow that to happen you know, in, in, in your experience. Um, and what I mean, when I say that, when, when you allow yourself, it's meaning that when you embrace this kind of a process, when you give yourself to it a hundred percent and the result shows up, that result just cascades through every part of your being. And, and that reward is worth everything. Yep. Uh, everything. So if we could go through the sequence in a simplistic way, step one is create the space that you're going to do the exercise in in some form of privacy and a area that will accommodate yoga poses like experiences. The next step is to strike a pose. And it's literally use that word strike a pose. You're going to strike a moment of death pose to the point where if you were being filmed and it was an audition for what you're reenacting, your instructor would say, yes, you have successfully reenacted that pose. That was convincing. 
and use the mindset of this pain is killing me. We say that in our lexicon. That's a, that's a phrase we use. Let the pain be experienced as if it is killing you because it did. You're, you did have that experience and that's where your mind, spirit body is storing it. Then you're going to have the realization that you can let it go. And you'll, you'll literally feel, if I haven't accentuated this enough, you will literally feel a tremendous relief in that moment. The pain will be gone. It will remit instantly. It may come back 10 or 15 minutes later. It may come back the next morning, the next day, the next week, which only means, okay, I, I got some more work to do there. It would be wonderful if we could do this one time, but that's, that's not the nature of our trip here on this planet. You can't just meditate one time. You can't just pray one time. You can't just eat one time. You can't just <laughs> sleep one time, right? These are maintenance things that we're doing because we're sponges of energy of either love or fear. And this is the way to keep the love full and the fear down. So we went through create the space, strike the pose, pain is killing me to the point of death. We're now releasing it. We're then forgiving ourselves and whoever went through it. And then we're forgetting that there's any reason to be afraid of death because we're here. It's just like, hey, how did I get here? That was the question that kept coming to me is like, I'm seeing myself in ancient times somewhere, but yeah, how did I get here? And that's a question you can't answer. Nobody can answer the question, how did you actually get here, wherever you are today? But we're here, we got here, and we'll be here again, and we'll be here again, and we'll be here again. And it's, it's actually kind of fun. It's kind of cool. And then you have to do the maintenance of it. And you'll find over time that there's layers upon layers upon layers of all of this. And then your body will tell you there's a new part to work on. And we'll keep, you know, tune into this journey that we're on here because you're going to soon find that we'll be putting up slides and graphs and charts and wire diagrams and all that happy stuff like we all do because we want to systematize it and we want to repeat it and share it with other people and uh, give some thought to checking out one of the workshops that we're going to do and you know at some point in the near future we're going to get a book out that'll talk about us but in the meantime you've got this podcast and you've got the last several uh, to review and get into this. And we'd love to hear from you. Anybody that's brave enough to give this a shot, we would love to hear what your experiences are without actually working with one of us directly. If you've been able to have success with this independently, that would be good for us to know. Yeah. Um, still, you want to, uh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff, go ahead. There's still uh, one more episode that we have to do with regard to uh, the days following the ceremony and what to do with it in kind of more of an ongoing way. Some more details about that. Cool. Um, for purposes of people understanding the ongoing process, do you want to share your experience this morning? Oh, sure. Yeah, just um, the, <laughs> the last several days, some of those uh, original aches and pains came back with a ferocity to the point that, you know, my head and neck were limited in range of motion, my sciatic started acting up again uh, to the point where it was like really hard to even bend over and just realizing that 
man, I, I haven't been doing my work the last couple of days. Get busy. We all get busy. We're all tremendously busy. And uh, it took 15 minutes to clear it all. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm moving around fine now. I can throw my head around. I could dance if I need to. Bend over just fine. Uh, but what's remarkable to me about this is if we spin back the hands of time about a year ago, my back was, again, bothering so, me so much that I went and had an MRI done to really figure out what's going on back there. Mm. You know what the MRI said, Jim? Mm. What? Do tell. It said, it said nothing. <laughs> it said you're it a said, it, it, it said, there's nothing going on here physically. Yes. <laughs> and of course, you know, I've been encouraged since then. There are different people in my life that don't like seeing me in pain. So they suggest I take tramadol or they suggest I go see a chiropractor. And it's like, that's not the solution. I know that's not the solution. Right. Now we have something that can solve that. And that is like, thank you. Yeah, right. That's Thank fantastic. You. Well, I think this has been a, uh, another remarkable episode and, an, and a, another great deep dive here with uh, understanding this process and, and, uh, and getting it, getting, getting it, the foundations of it laid out and know that there is lots more to come. Um, you know, the fine tuning and the, the, uh, the, the shoring up kind of stuff to, to really uh, take it, take it to the next level and, and, and really see this tool being used in, in a remarkable way. So um, thank you all for uh, joining us today and, and participating in this whole process, especially of these last few episodes of, of uh, our evolution, as well as the evolution of adventures and truth and, and, and the evolution of the human experience. Um, we're excited to be able to kind of be a part of this and, and, See where it where where it goes. Um, you know, it's it's another form of an excellent adventure. Um, but as we as we adventure in truth, we continue to adventure in truth, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. So um, again, uh, you'll be hearing and seeing more. But come check out our website www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com. Um, we're in some major revamping and and. Uh, We'll be bringing a lot of this to, to, that, to there as well. Um, if you want to see us in action, um, uh, you can do that on our YouTube page at the same place. And you can find us on all the major um, podcast outlets. So uh, we're looking forward to interacting with you and uh, looking forward to meeting some of you out there as we, as we move our seminar around the, around the country and around the world. Um, it's going to be a pretty extraordinary experience. So we'll look forward to actually shaking your hand and hugging your neck. So <laughs> Jeff, as always, you're, you're super duper fantastic. So glad to uh, be a part of this and, and thank you for sharing this and thank you all for joining us. Same back at you, Jim. Love you, brother. Love you too. Talk soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Adventures in Truth podcast. If you would like to listen to more or to explore all our offerings, visit us on the web at www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com. We also offer video versions of our podcast. Visit our page on YouTube at Adventures in Truth Podcast. We would love to hear from you. 
like, connect, and follow with us on Facebook. Want to book us for your next podcast or to speak at your event? Head over to our webpage at www.adventuresintruthpodcast.com at the bottom of the page and send us a note. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you again at Adventures in Truth Podcast.